Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. If you could go back in time and give yourself one tip that would shave off two years of your learning time, what tip would it be and why? You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hey guys, welcome to episode 128 of Perpetual Traffic. This week is going to be a little bit different than anything you've experienced over the past few years. So on this episode, you just have myself, (laughs) Molly Pittman, and I will be answering some questions that I think are really valuable for everyone out there to hear. Media buyers, people interested in Facebook ads, business owners, These questions actually came from the Digital Marketer Engage Facebook group, which comes with your membership to Digital Marketer Lab, which is a library of information that will really help you build your digital marketing chops. And so if you're interested in joining Digital Marketer Lab, you can start with a trial at digitalmarketer.com forward slash lab dash trial. Every Black Friday, Digital Marketer does something called Black Friday Boot Camp, where we do a full day workshop. We raise money for charity. It's really awesome. And this year, Ryan asked the group, Digital Marketer Engage, if they could ask myself or Russ Henneberry, the editorial director of Digital Marketer, any question, what would it be? And we got a lot of really great questions, which we answered on the boot camp. Um, but there were a lot of questions that didn't get answered. And I love hearing from you guys. A lot of these questions are questions that I hear a lot. So I think they'll be valuable for you to hear. There's also questions that I've never heard before. So I tried to pick a good mix that I thought would benefit the entire listener base. So let's get started. 
question number one, do you think content development should come before paid traffic or could you get away with paid traffic with little content? So this is kind of a chicken and egg question, right? Did the egg come first or does the chicken come first? I think you can definitely utilize paid traffic without having a blog, right? Without having a ton of content. But if you really define content as anything that gives value to the end user, so a blog post, a video, or really it could even be a sales page. It's something that simply exists, gives value, and and communicates with the end user, then you can't get away with running paid traffic with little content. With that said, I do think that you can get started with paid traffic with one lead magnet with one blog post. So you don't have to go build out a media property for paid traffic to be a success in your business, but you do have to have somewhere to send the paid traffic. And you do need to have a blog post or a lead magnet or something of value that you can give cold audiences who have never heard of you before, before you do send them to a sales page and ask them to buy something. So you do need a bit of content development before paid traffic, but you don't have to build out a big fancy blog. You will also notice that paid traffic will inform your content creation in the future. So when you're promoting something, for example, we have a Facebook ad template at Digital Marketer, you'll start to have people ask for other pieces of content. You'll have them ask other questions So listen to your customers and create pieces of content that answer the questions that you know are going on in their head. That is question number one. Question number two, are you breaking down placements into different ad sets or targeting all placements? So this is a Facebook specific question. And with Facebook at the ad set level, you have the opportunity to place your ads in a few different areas within the Facebook ecosystem now. So you have the Facebook newsfeed, right-hand column, in-stream videos. We have Instagram now. We have Messenger. So for new ad sets, as long as it makes sense for the medium... So for example, if we are using a Facebook video ad that wouldn't translate well on Instagram, I'm obviously not going to tick the Instagram box. But if we have an ad that would pretty much work across all placements, I will test them all in the same ad set. I found that Facebook is smart enough to optimize. So if the messenger home placement isn't working for you, no worries. Facebook will realize that and they will start to show your ad more in the other placements. So for me, I would rather use ad sets and really testing to test different ad copy, different hooks, different images, different targeting, less so placements because I think Facebook really has that down. Question number three. For a new service business, but many years doing this kind of work, targeting B2B and few, if any, blog posts, would you send cold traffic to a lead magnet offer or wait to get content and send there first? I would absolutely send directly to a lead magnet if you have a lead magnet already. Unless you're really 
at the fringe of your market of people that are very product unaware, even solution unaware, or maybe even problem unaware, a blog post really helps with that first interaction to give them value to entertain them. But you can send cold traffic directly to a lead magnet. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's definitely worth a test. Don't wait for the blog post. Get that up and running. Question number four, what is your priority in split testing? So this is a great question and it really comes down to what will make the biggest difference for your traffic campaign. So I see a lot of people split testing 70 different images that all have a different variation of the image color. And that's fine if you are really advanced, but things like color variations are not going to move the needle as much as other aspects of marketing that you could test. So in order, what I would test, number one is the offer. So how are you positioning your product or service? What is your front end offer? Are you using a lead magnet? Are you going straight to the tripwire? Is this a webinar? And is that thing something that the market really wants? So don't just craft one offer, run Facebook ads to it, and then say that Facebook marketing doesn't work for your business. So number one, testing the offer, the thing that you are sending traffic to. Number two is your hook which really leads into your ad copy. So why is this thing something that people want, right? And I'm not talking about changing a few words in your ad copy. I'm talking about writing very different styles of ad copy, speaking to different pain points, right? Maybe in one ad copy variation, you're telling a story. Maybe in the other, you're speaking to status. Maybe in another, you're speaking to more feeling base. Maybe your ad copy is just speaking speaking directly to a pain that you know that your offer can solve. But those hooks, the positioning of your offer, why your offer matters to the end user, which usually is reflected in your ad copy and your creative, that would be my second priority. And then my third is targeting. So we have something that people want. We're positioning in a way that makes them really interested. Now, is our targeting on point, right? Are we putting it in front of the right people? And that's testing different lookalike audiences, leveraging any data you may have in your business, doing a lot of research around targeting, and really thinking about the psychology. Where is my audience hanging out on Facebook and how can I reach them? So first thing I would test is the offer. Second is the hook, the ad copy, the positioning of that offer. And the third is your targeting. All right. So let's go to question number five. I have tested compiling lookalike audiences of varying sources into one single ad set and experienced some pretty great results. Want to see if it's something you guys are trying and anything you may be running into with it. So if you have a broad offer, like doubleyoursales.com is a broad offer for digital marketer, right? The promise is we're going to help you double the size of your business in six weeks. 
If you have a broader offer, you could definitely create an ad set with different lookalikes. Maybe it's a lookalike of your email list, your buyer list, people who have visited your website. There's nothing wrong with putting a few of those in the same ad set. Just make sure that your ad set audience size isn't humongous, right? Like 10 million plus especially if you've never tested this offer before, Facebook might have trouble knowing who to show the ad to. So I say there's nothing wrong with testing, adding multiple lookalike audiences. Just think about the context, right? What is the offer I'm making? Does it make sense to show this offer to people that look most like these varying data sources? Question number six. Have you experienced buying leads outright from quality companies as an option over paid traffic? I have not experienced it. I think as long as it's ethical, you're totally fine doing this, but it's kind of like email drops, right? I don't think it's something that you do over paid traffic. I think it's something that you can do with paid traffic. Paid traffic is going to give you those steady stream of leads that you need. Buying leads outright or doing an email drop or working with an affiliate is more of a one-hit wonder type of marketing campaign. So I don't think one is better than the other. It's just really important to understand the difference. All right, question number seven. What is your daily ritual or checklist for monitoring and optimizing your Facebook campaigns? So this is a great question. Of course, first we are looking at return on ad spend, right? Our goal is to make our money back on our ad spend within 30 days. So that's the first thing I'm going to look at and make sure that we're not, you know, totally off on our overall goal. And then I will go into each campaign specifically and look at its health based off of the success metric that we have assigned for that particular campaign. So for example, some campaigns, the goal is simply to build a pixeled audience of people that visited our blog post. For that, we will set a particular cost per click goal that we are trying to achieve. For some campaigns, we're looking at a certain cost per lead. For some campaigns, we're looking at a certain cost per acquisition of a customer. Um, so I think really, the point I'm trying to get across is that there should be different success metrics set for each of your campaigns, depending on the goal of that campaign and the audience that it is serving. So just making sure that your traffic campaigns are matching with your business goals. And then there are a lot of uh, lagging measures of success in there. Things like relevance score, Things even like click-through rate that you can start to look at to judge the success of a particular ad. But I really try to look at media buying holistically across platforms and across campaigns. Question number eight, if you could go back in time and give yourself one tip that would shave off two years of your learning time, what would it be and why? I love this question, especially as I reflect back on the last five years going from intern to VP of marketing and now starting my own agency separate from digital marketer. 
Really, the biggest tip that I would give myself is to quit chasing shiny objects, quit worrying as much about the hacks or the button clicking inside of a particular traffic platform, and learn how to become a really damn good marketer. A lot of that is learning offer creation, the articulation of why an offer is good, why a market wants an offer right? A lot of that is ad copy, targeting who you should put this offer in front of. I would absolutely recommend reading the Wizard of Ads trilogy by Roy H. Williams and doing any education in terms of marketing. First, learning marketing that is not channel specific, right? I wish I didn't learn Facebook ads first. I wish I would have learned general marketing from people like Roy Williams and his books and then apply those tactics to certain mediums because I believe that the mediums will change, right? And they have over the years, but true marketing, the essence of marketing stays the same. So if you are good at marketing and you know how to craft an offer and make it attractive to a market, you will stand the test of time right? You will be able to stay relevant on different mediums because you know the psychology uh, behind uh, really how to get someone to take a particular action. I love this quote from Roy H. Williams. It says, five minutes in an old book quickly reveals that most of what is being sold today as new insights into human behavior is merely the rediscovery of knowledge we have had for centuries. And Ryan always says this too, we are standing on the shoulders of giants as digital marketers. So long story short, if I could go back in time, I would study from people like Roy. I would study from people like Ryan Dice and really learn marketing, offer creation hooks, and then start applying that knowledge to specific platforms like Facebook. All right, question number nine. How can a small business run retargeting ads that convert? Really two things here. Number one, if you're having trouble getting retargeting ads to convert, it either means that those people aren't your right target market. So the people who, let's say, visited your website so that you can retarget them, they're either not the right audience, right? However, they were initially acquired or the offer that you're making them in the retargeting ad isn't something that they want. So I would first acknowledge where did these people come from? If they came from a Facebook ad about tricks to train your dog, then they're probably dog owners who are interested in training their dog and you should retarget them with an offer that further satisfies that need. A lot of times I see people get so close to their funnels and their traffic that, you know, they're running a piece of content or a lead magnet about how to train a dog and then they're retargeting those people with cat collars. So remember that retargeting is just reminding people and pushing them to the next step of the customer journey. So really look at where they came from, why, and is the offer that you're making, is it congruent with where they came from? And are you articulating it in a way that makes sense in terms of what they're actually interested in and what their pain points are? 
So I would question how they came to your site in the first place and then what retargeting offer you are making to them. And then question number 10, where is traffic heading? Facebook eventually will get more saturated with advertisers. What do you think will be the next big platform? Uh, this is a really interesting question. Number one, Facebook, of course, will get more saturated with advertisers. Costs will continue to rise, just like Google. But as long as they maintain the user base that they have, the platform will still be powerful. It's just that he or she who is willing to pay the most to acquire a customer will win, right? It's those that have a really strong backend and really sexy front-end offers that will win the Facebook game. It's hard to say what will be the next big traffic platform. I don't know if we'll see another Facebook or another Google. It will depend on where technology goes, but I know that if and when we see another big traffic platform, it will be because there are a ton of users there. It will be the monetization of a platform that has a ton of users. It won't be a platform that is built for advertisers. Why do the big three work so well? Why do they give you consistent traffic? And why do I believe they will be relevant for at least the next five years? Facebook, YouTube, Google. It's because they have acquired the most users right? Almost everyone has a Facebook profile. Almost everyone uses Google every day. And most humans are familiar with and use YouTube. That along with the data points that they have on advertisers. Facebook literally knows what you're interested in, what you like, who you talk to. YouTube knows which videos you're searching for, what you're watching. Google literally knows all. That's what makes a strong platform. A platform that has enough data about their users that it makes marketing and advertising really individualized and a no-brainer. I think as consumers, we will continue to want more personalized messaging, right? It's why Facebook Messenger is huge. We will continue to want to see ads that are not one-to-many, but ads that actually are relevant to us right? And what we're going through every day. And, and, you know, I own a dog, so I want to see ads about dog products, right? If and when there is another traffic platform, it will be something that really encompasses all of question 10. Great questions, everyone. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I really enjoyed recording it. If you want to be a part of the community at Digital Marketer, if you want to have access to our checklists and step-by-step -step courses for launching a Facebook campaign, creating a landing page, creating blog posts that actually convert become a Digital Marketer Lab member. It's only $1 for your first month. Uh, you can learn more at digitalmarketer.com forward slash lab dash trial. And as always, guys, thanks for listening. Please leave us a good review. Share the podcast with your friends. We do this because we love educating you guys. So have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. 
John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.